let's just do it. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, welcome to the Freaking Epic podcast. This is a new segment today with uh, charity. So as it is with charity, it will be called Charitable Thoughts. And hey. What are your thoughts, Terry? <laughs> oh, it's a pun. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. My first thoughts ever are just like, you had to make the name a pun. Like, you just had to do it. I had no say in it, really. But honestly, it's your podcast, and it was so fitting for, I feel like, just our whole relationship that I I had to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, you do things. I totally did that on accident. I was just like, oh, charitable thoughts. That's a good name. Didn't even realize it was a word place. Is that a pun or a word play? I'm not really positive. Okay, so puns are plays on words, but not every play on word is a pun. Correct. So I don't know. I'd consider it a pun. The ones that I consider puns are the ones that are really lame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so <laughs> my dad, my dad, literally every time anything happens that's um, has anything to do with heat, he just go, "That's hot, huh, huh?" and elbow me and and do it like oh four times God. on literally everything. So you have no idea the the horrible power of puns. You've never met me. You've never hung out with my dad. That's that's where your whole like identity comes from, I guess. Is from that that ridiculous sense of humor my my whole identity is not wrapped up in puns madam i have not but as far as i know you you (laughs) are puns and a whole bunch of like just like a bag of random stuff like at like a children's birthday party you know when you get like a gift bag and Uh it's all this like random stuff like there's always pencils in there there's usually (laughs) those little frogs that like have a tab and you can make them jump and then like a bouncy ball and like all this different stuff like that's that's what you are just like a bunch of random stuff thrown into a bag that is uh both the most um uh complimentary (laughs) and insulting thing i've ever heard (laughs) Fair enough. I feel like that's, (laughs) that's what I was aspiring to. So I'm Uh, glad you're, wait, you're aspiring. Oh, oh, dang. For a moment there, I thought you were aspiring to be like me. I was like, it's beautiful. No, No, yeah. No, (laughs) you're, you're my buddy, but you're your own person. We are wildly different people. Yeah. Yeah. And as wildly different people, you have some thoughts that I don't. And I've heard from you, um, few minutes ago that some of these thoughts involve (laughs) some of these thoughts involve oh what's the thing the way the brain works yes okay okay so every now and again i get into these like weird like little head spaces usually when i've been drinking usually when it's late at night and Jamin is cooking whatever random crap we have in the house and i'm just sitting on the couch and i'll get into my own head and recently over like several months now for like a really long time i haven't been able to get over the idea that our brains are more intelligent and more creative than we are so what do you mean by that because there's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot there <laughs> So, like, okay, I don't remember how this all began, but essentially, like, you know how you'll occasionally just have, like, a random memory? 
sure that kind of surfaces and you don't know where it came from and you don't know like it was something you didn't even know you remembered I think it began with something like that. I remembered something that I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that in literally years. I forgot that happened. Um, But I had this realization that while I forgot this thing, my brain had not. And my brain held on to this piece of information without telling me about it. (laughs) And just decided to bring it up at whatever. It wasn't like an inappropriate time or anything, but just decided to bring it up. And it led me to think like, my brain knows so much more stuff than I know. Cause I can't remember <laughs> all the things that I know, but my brain does. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah. It, it actually makes a ton of sense. And that is kind of literally how the brain works. So a lot of times when we think about ourselves, what we're essentially thinking about is kind of the, the uh, user interface that uh, looks at different things. We're thinking about kind of uh essentially kind of like a spotlight that's pointing at different parts of ourselves. That's kind of why uh, people are so interested in like the subconscious, why there's so much power around like learning. So if you, you know, are learning for a test, you take a day or two and don't, don't learn before the test. And then Mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll remember more. Um, Your brain creates uh, basically, um, you're coding your uh, your neural pathways, mylar, um, mylar, something. Well, anyway, you're coding your neural pathways with basically um, kind of a, a, a substance that reinforces them and makes things flow quicker and easier over them. Huh. And this is all a kind of a, this is not the technical, it's it's basically kind of the, the uh, layman's version of it. But yeah, so every piece of your everything that's happened to your brain to some degree is still available usually what happens is the pathways to it uh, haven't been coded regularly and so they uh, just kind of lose their speed and the um, and you won't notice them as quick it's kind of like imagine like a tunnel that shrinks down so mm-hmm. it's still there but you have to kind of hit it dead on so usually oh, the reason like memories will just pop up randomly is because you've just hit on something that triggers that, that kind huh. of lets you, lets the, the flashlight of your mind notice that little tunnel and shine right, shine straight down it. So you always do know this stuff. It's just that you, your, your conscious mind isn't always making the connection. And a lot of times it'll just be, you'll just shine the flashlight in just the right way. Or someone will say a, a combination of words that triggers a remembrance. So hmm. I, the the brain's really really fascinating. So you're actually yeah. you're actually right. You do know your brain does know a lot more than you know. However, you actually still know the majority. You don't forget things. You can kind of lose pathways to them, but you can always rebuild those pathways. Um, it's 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 actually really kind of fascinating that your brain does know more than you do, uh-huh. but in the back of your mind in your instincts and you know your your uh, whole combination of things you still always know that which is why like let's say child trauma is so weird childhood mm-hmm. trauma is so weird is because the background of your brain is running all these sub processes that you don't realize because you haven't looked at them since you were 5 years old or something mm-hmm. But your brain is telling you, hey, if I make too much noise, uh, daddy will hate me or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so yeah, that yeah, is actually that's interesting. Well, way to take what I said and explain it in a way that makes a lot more sense. I, <laughs> I, uh, no, I've been thinking about this a lot, not just about memories, but also about creativity, at least yeah. in the sense of like dreams. Um, oh. because I'm a songwriter and a writer and an artist in general. Um, but a lot of the like very best songs, very best story ideas, things that I've ever come up with, I came yeah. up with because of dreams. Oh, interesting. Um, and dreams that were really like very vivid and very complex. Like I've had a lot of um, really interesting and complex dr- dreams recently that have led me to come up with all these cool ideas for stories or books or things. Um, ah. But there will be times when I'm lying asleep and usually in that kind of deep dreaming sleep when you're just about to wake up. Um, And my brain will kind of sing me a song and I wake up and I still, it's usually not very much. It's not like lyrically complex or anything. It'll be like a hook or something like that. And I'll wake up and I'll remember it and I'll write it down or I'll record it on my phone and then go usually go back to sleep. Um, And it's turned into like some of the best songs I've ever come up with. But I don't Absolutely. know what prompts that, like where so, that kind of stuff comes from. There's, I mean, there's a million, di- the dreams and the conscious, there's a million different studies and a million different theories on kind of how it all works. Mm-hmm. But from what I, from what I understand that um, the most, the more common recent ones is that um, dreaming in part is a way to kind of flush your brain. So mm-hmm. essentially you are flushing all of the, it's kind of like defragmenting a hard drive. You're basically yeah. flushing all the random stuff out. So like the reason you always wake up at three and a half hours of sleep, you know, if you are having a bad day and just can't sleep, you'll wake up at three and a half hours is because that's when your brain dumps the cortisol, which is the, the hmm. uh, stress drug in your brain. So like at three and a half hours or so, your brain will be like, ah, flushing out the cortisol, the extra cortisol for the day. So a lot of it is your brain kind of washing itself it's kind of taking taking a bath and just uh, shooting different brain juices through the brain Mm -hmm. and which creates kind of a a really interesting soup of of ideas and thoughts and stuff so they've they've discovered that um one of the things that i mean now whenever you say anything scientific people think science is definite and in some science it is like you know, mm-hmm. gravity is a thing or one plus one is two. Like, however, most science is kind of um, a compilation Theory. of 50 different theories and yeah. 20 different studies that all work, but you can't quite explain why. But um, they think that the uh, reason, one of the reasons behind like Alzheimer's and mental diseases like that, dementia and stuff, is people who haven't slept enough. Like people huh. whose brains weren't able to wash themselves enough that they essentially start doing it at all. They kind of start freaking out and doing it at all times. So you're kind of having either having a kind of, to some degree you're in a, in a dreamlike state most of the time. Um, So your brain, your brain washes itself out. And if you've come up with a lot of ideas, like you're thinking, I assume about like songs and songwriting and story ideas a lot. Would would Mm -hmm. that be fair? Yeah. So your brain knows that you're thinking that. So the parts of your brain that are being washed are 
um, more often than maybe other people, parts of your brain. And, and I'm not 100% on this, so any real scientists listening, um, go ahead and complain <laughs> at me in the comments. <laughs> but it, it actually is basically just kind of, to some degree, randomizing the things that are already in your brain. It's huh. just kind of, here's a soup of some of the things in your brain. And a lot of times mixing those things together and then adding kind of the coherent, uh, uh, conscious, uh, uh, I would say like, um, scaffolding to it makes them really good ideas huh. because they're not something you would come up with otherwise, because they're yeah. mixing and matching different creative parts of the brain and different ideas. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. I was thinking about, um, when all of this came up and I started thinking about dreams and memories and the brain being a superior being to myself, <laughs> I <laughs> was thinking about how, um, I don't know how often you dream or how deeply or how vividly you dream, but at least for me, I'll end up in these really intense storylines. Um, and they'll often have multiple parts or multiple scenes or phases, but they all kind of flow together in a way. Yeah. And sometimes I'll hit a place where I kind of start to be aware that I'm dreaming, but I'm yeah. very much still in like that deep kind of a sleep. And so uh -huh. something happens and I'm like, why would that happen? That doesn't make any sense. And then I immediately get an answer or some sort of explanation that may be completely ridiculous sounding when I'm awake. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I'm asleep, I just accept it as like, oh, okay, that makes totally sense. Like I can do this thing because of whatever. And, and the, the brain just kind of feeds me this, like the physics of this universe or the laws of this government or like whatever it is that I'm living in. And I just like, in a way that causes me to accept it uh -huh. and forget that I'm dreaming and That's stay in that kind of a story. I've actually been able to help myself fall asleep because I finally noticed I can now tell if I'm falling asleep because my thoughts start disassociating. And so I can actually go, okay, I'm, my thoughts are getting, cause I'm always kind of monitoring what my brain's doing, uh, what my, thoughts are thinking um of you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but when i monitor it when i start to fall asleep i've kind of come to the realization that things stop making sense so at times i can actually help like if if i'm at right at the point of waking up or sleeping um either when i'm waking up or when i'm first trying to go to sleep i'll actually try to make my thoughts disassociate and just kind of do almost like a random association because if I randomly associate enough, then my brain will think that I'm still asleep because it's being nonsensical. Oh, so you're flipping the switch trying to trick your brain instead of your brain tricking you. <laughs> okay, well, how long did it take you to learn how to do this? Because I am terrible at sleeping. I am the worst. <laughs> I literally, any sound, any, um, any light anything anything wakes me up or prevents me from falling asleep it doesn't matter what it is it can be the porch light in the backyard drifting in through the house and coming through the vent above my door and i can't sleep like wow. it's really really bad and um because of that it puts me till 
like to these weird nights where I can't fall asleep until like 6 a.m. and I sleep till 11 and I feel like I've lost my whole morning. Um, I do believe that humans naturally have different circadian rhythms from each other and we're not all supposed to be, uh, you yeah. know, nine to five kind of work life kind of thing because that's not, that's only relatively recently that that was like a normal schedule for people. But I've been trying to, find ways to trick myself into falling asleep because especially since we got a cat yeah and he screams yeah all the time. cats sometimes do that that's such oh. a weird night screaming cats i don't um, understand so there's a kind of a there's an interesting book that's um about well, there's a couple of books that are pretty similar but there's basically um books i think it's called uh the lives of the great artists or something like that Mm -hmm. and it actually just shows you kind of what a boring normal day would look like for kierkegaard or bach or you know the the choreographer of modern plays or, or whatever and what was interesting what i kind of the biggest thing i got out of it was every single one of them either woke up really early or woke up really late like almost all of the great people liked to be up and awake before or after everyone else. Interesting. Um, so it was more of them got up at 6 a.m., but a fair amount of them would get up at 11 or noon. Like Winston Churchill would wake up at 11 and just, or maybe like 9, 10, 11, sometime in there, and then just lay in bed until noon. Like a lot of, um, and lay in bed, like, granted he had secretaries and stuff, so he'd lay in bed dictating to, yeah. to people and, and stuff. But a lot of um, that's actually a, kind of a good sign that you are hmm. wanting to wake up earlier or later than everyone else. Because um, that seems to be kind of the nature of things. Now, to go to sleep, um, I have an app that actually measures my sleep. And so it basically can either measure your uh, breathing sounds or measure kind of the vibrations on the bed. And hmm. it'll show it'll show you like a wavelength of like, you know, at this time you were in this deep of sleep, this time you were in this deep of sleep, it gives you like a percentage you slept every day. And the cool thing is you can, um, you can add in notes. So I started watching TV and having some, having a glass of port before I go to bed, because (laughs) if I, you know, yeah. (laughs) Such a Zach thing to do, (laughs) like a glass of port, like not like brandy or like red wine, like port. That's so specific. In like the tiny, cute little glass, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh my god! <laughs> if you're going to, I so basically the app said that I uh, I I sleep five percent better any day I watch TV or YouTube before I go to bed, and any day I have like a light a light bit of alcohol before I go to bed. So I was like, all right, I started Wild. doing that. So everyone's everyone's going to be different, but we can, we can talk about port another time. But um, so I also because I work overnights, I like to have a sound a steady sound mm-hmm. throughout the night. So I just create I just I have like had free Spotify, so I just have a fifteen hour mix of music that comforts me and helps me sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Or my dad listens to a fan. Some people listen to a white noise machine, mm-hmm. like having a steady, um, having a steady sound really helps because it's kind of almost hypnotic. Um, yeah. if you're, if you're going into like a trance like state, you want to kind of have some, have some 
kind of rhythmic, steady, um, steady sounds. And so you can kind of create that in yourself and almost hypnotize yourself into being in a state where you can be a more, more susceptible to sleep. Um, That's interesting. I see. I can't fall asleep to music. Um, I've had people have tried to get me to, cause they're like, music helps me. I can fall asleep to music. And then I'll have like, I've had friends sleep over or whatever and they'll put on music and whatever. And I can't, I can't do that because I'm so musically minded. And so I want to, I just, I want to pay attention to it. Um, I can fall asleep really well if it's raining or if I'm in or just outside of a city Um, where we live now, we can hear the train semi-regularly come by. Oh, And so it's not that bad actually though, because it's far enough away that it's just kind of like you said white noise um it's not like extremely loud like the horn can kind of be jarring if you're actually paying attention to it Mm -hmm. um but it just becomes one of those things that you're used to hearing and it's almost comforting um because you know it's one thing that's constant it's there every night you know um it's interesting though white noise as a hypnosis thing because when I was a kid oh god this is weird when I was a kid <laughs> me and my sister and my cousin looked up videos on 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 how to hypnotize people because uh. <laughs> you see in like movies and whatever there's like a moving watch or like whatever and they're like focus on this this sort of but that doesn't actually work because no, the whole premise of hypnosis is dropping people down into this place where Everything is consistent, so you need to keep your voice at this very measured, consistent tone. Everything sounds the same. You can't have any fluctuations in tone or volume. And then you have them focus on one spot, like a spot like in the middle of your forehead or like a spot somewhere. Um, Or usually they're kind of focused on their body. That actually usually helps. Like you pick, like you're focusing on relaxing your feet and then... Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, like to visually focus on something. And then from there, like if your eyes just kind of have something that they can see and then ignore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then you can kind of go from there into like, okay, relax your body. Okay, sink deeper into this chair. Okay. Um, And obviously we never got very good at it because we were kids and we watched two YouTube (laughs) videos. But it was super interesting how a lot of that was just keeping everything measured in the same, similar to like a dream state. Yeah, that's actually that's actually really helpful. So for you, it might help to get a rain machine. You know, you can get a you can just mm-hmm. download an app for uh, I don't know on on Android it's free. I assume on iOS it's going to be five dollars because you know. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but you could probably download a rain sounds app. Uh, part of yeah. the thing about rain is I find that I sleep better when the pressure when the air pressure is lower, and there's a real release when when rain comes. It releases the I don't I don't uh, I haven't like looked at a barometer or anything, but it feels like there's a release in the atmosphere. Like there's less pressure on on my head almost. So I sleep incredibly well when it rains, and I think a lot of people do as well. Um, you can kind of simulate simulate at least the sound of that by the by like a rainmaker and yeah. keep, keeping your room cold helps as well. Yeah, that definitely does help because your body temperature drops right before you fall asleep. And so if you're not able to get like 
cold enough, uh, you can't actually fall asleep. That's why you wake up and like sweating in the middle of the summer if you like have too many blankets or your fan isn't on or whatever. That's actually um, really interesting. I forgot that we that our uh, body temperature drops slightly before yeah. we go to sleep. So that might be it. Might even be like another hypnotic suggestion kind of thing, like another yeah. kind of uh, subconscious brain thing that basically says, kind of the way I was disassociating my thoughts make my brain go oh we're disassociating we must be sleeping it's oh we're we're cold therefore we might we, we're laying down when we just got colder therefore we must be sleeping i wonder if in the future like you know 50 years from now they'll have um they'll have basically uh kind of localized uh localized I cannot hear you anymore. You cut off in the middle of the word localized. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Okay, you're back. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, um, it's fine. Uh, so there, it would be interesting if we had a localized AC that basically drops the temperature uh, by like a degree or two just in our area pretty quickly. So we, our body goes, oh, I just dropped in temperature. I must be sleeping and puts itself to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally true. And that's a lot of why, you know, when you're out in the cold and you're freezing or you're in like a survival situation, you, you're trying to keep yourself from falling asleep. Because as oh. you continue to get colder, your body temperature is going to continue to drop and you're not going to wake up after huh. a point. Weird. Yeah, right. Have you ever tried a sensory deprivation tank? No, I never have. I oh, I thought about it but they're like 100 bucks and i just haven't got around to spending that much they are the sessions are pretty expensive me and jamin have been wanting to do it for a really long time mm -hmm. um i've been a little bit hesitant because i almost feel like it'll trip me out a little bit um because you're you're completely for anyone that doesn't know what this is you're in a huge tank um complete darkness no sound and you're floating in salt water that's warm to your body temperature. So you're lying in this tank and you're deprived. You're sensorily. What's the word for that? Sensory oh, deprivation. <laughs> sensory deprivation. No, I'm like, okay. Yes. I, you're trapped in like, well, trapped isn't, that's a terrifying word, <laughs> but you're in this little like pod for like an hour and you have, no stimulus and so you're just lying there and your brain can kind of do whatever it wants but you're wide awake and so a lot of people will hallucinate and like get really into their thoughts and like all this stuff which can be um really awesome and therapeutic if you're in a good headspace but yeah. if you're really really anxious or claustrophobic or anything like that obviously stay away because being trapped be... in a little pod would be terrifying <laughs> I'm the opposite of uh, of claustrophobic. I like small enclosed spaces. I used to like sleep under my mattress between my mattress and my box spring when I was younger. That is so weird. <laughs> it is so weird. Oh my gosh, you are like a weasel. That is like a little hole in the ground. That's I find it comforting. so weird. It's I... like being hugged by your bed. That's so strange it's like being in like a little like that's what like the inside of a sandwich feels like. <laughs> like being crushed by these two how would that i feel like you get so hot like you couldn't breathe in a space like that um 
I mean, we didn't have like we were super poor, so I, it was probably cold outside, and that probably just made me okay, night the right enough. amount of warm. Huh, that's wild. Yeah, I can't do that. I do need to be like snuggled up in like blankets. Doesn't matter how hot it is. I need to be like cuddled up and every part of my body covered. And I have to have like I can't have my like my nose or my eyes covered. But I can cover my mouth and everything, and I always, always, always have to cover the ear that's facing the ceiling with a blanket. <laughs> always. And the reason why is because I read a book when I was a kid. I'm trying oh, to remember what. Yeah, about book the it wig. No, no, what? No. <laughs> there were there was a news story about a woman who had who had like bugs growing in her ears. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> I don't want you to ever sleep again. No, I'm, I'm that's helping. not why. I'm helping I, you become superhuman. It, it was a children's book. <laughs> and in, in this book, like, the character mentioned that, like, she always liked to sleep with her ear covered. And she didn't really know why. And it just made her feel comforted or safer for whatever reason. And so I, I don't even think I finished the book. But I got that in my head. And I haven't been able to stop since. Like, it feels strange to have my ear uncovered it just feels safe to have it covered like yeah. i definitely feel like okay if someone broke into my house i would take up my sword and fight them but if i was like actually frightened i would be the kind of person to just hide under a blanket and hope they go away <laughs> so everyone has a uh, fight flight or fright people always forget fright as part of the fight or flight thing and fright oh. is the the rabbit response which is if I stand still enough, it won't notice me and it'll go away. That makes so much sense because I've had two friends that tell me they don't have a fight or flight. They have a drop. Yeah. And that's the way they respond. And I, I've never been like that. I'm always like, if I... So I'm hyper aware of every sound and everything that's going around me all the time. I wasn't afraid of anything when I was 18. And as I got older, I became more aware of like the world and I, you know got followed by a guy in a car when I was on a run in Anaheim when I was like 19 and I was like okay I actually need to be like aware of things because like as a young yeah. woman I'm like at risk at all times and so moving into any new house I become more so hyper aware hyper like conscious of everything and constantly theorizing like okay if someone came in, okay, I don't have my phone. I'm in the bathroom. I can lock this door. This window is really small, but I can go through this window and I can jump over the fence and I can get to that neighbor's house because I know they're home. And I just like start to, if I hear one tiny crack, which is usually the cat, I <laughs> immediately start theorizing like a thousand different ways that I can save myself. <laughs> so there's uh, your brain also, the reason that, um, rental cars are so much cheaper when you're 25 is because your brain basically finishes, your brain hasn't fully finished developing the centers that assess risk yeah, until you're around 25. So you probably, part of that is you noticing, you know, that things were going on, but part of it's your brain literally starts, note it starts paying attention to things that didn't have the the capacity to pay attention to before. So it's, it's not necessarily that you're getting more fearful. It's that your brain is, is finished, is finishing growing the parts of your parts of your uh, psyche that actually deal with risk. Uh, and so 
It's kind of like when when you're a teenage guy, you suddenly think that everyone hates you because your brain starts <laughs> because the way your brain develops. No, this was a thing. Yeah, when, you, when you're a teenage <laughs> oh guy, God. like um, your brain basically uh, tricks you for a few years into thinking anyone with a neutral expression has a negative expression. So wow. you suddenly everyone in the world hates you. Like when you're a teenage guy for like five years, everyone in the world hates you, which is why you kind of you bond so closely to your your friends and stuff, because they're the only ones that don't hate you. Because <laughs> anyone who doesn't care about you, you suddenly assume is actively against you. That's so interesting. Do you and know you're... why? Like what the motivation is behind that? Is it like a survival thing or like? Uh, I forgot, actually, sadly. Um, it's it's basically a development thing. So it's kind of like the parts of your brain that assess risk are developing mm-hmm. now. And so you're kind of overreacting to, to things, which is not to say these things don't happen. But, you know, if you're like, if, if just hearing cat noises makes you go, oh, God, someone's breaking in, then that just means you haven't adjusted to the new way your brain works yet. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that happen are just dealing with the way I'm dealing with the, your body's going to change. Oh my God. <laughs> so let's that talk is, about. No, something. that is really interesting because I, yeah, I, I forget that like, as I'm 23, I turn 24 next month and I forget that my brain still hasn't fully developed. And so I've chalked up all of my, um, my development as a person to recognition that there's something wrong and then doing something about it myself. But so much of that is because my brain is actually developing into a grown up brain. And I've heard that actually once you're 25, you're around 25 ish is when your body is no longer producing cells quicker than it um, quicker than they die. And so you technically start dying at 25. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's why everyone kills themselves at 27. Cause they finally realize that they're going oh to God. It's like, you're already <laughs> on this dark. downward hill. No, I I've actually heard a lot of stuff on both sides of that. So there's a lot of people who don't really agree that that's true, but I I'd have to actually research it before I would. I don't know how true it is as far as like the entire body, but as far as like your skin, as you age, like your skin produces cells at a significantly slower rate. And that's why it's so important to exfoliate your face and your body because it stimulates, um, it stimulates that production and it encourages, it encourages your skin to keep producing new cells because you're getting rid of all of the old ones. And it's like, Oh, okay. I need to do more. I need more collagen. I need more this. I need more that because you're getting rid of all of it. That's already there. Um, I always uh, assume that the body is going to attempt to do whatever it needs to do. It's going to attempt to heal itself. It's going to attempt to repair scars, all that stuff. So I just try to give it the building blocks it needs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, eating spinach, taking uh, supplements. I take like collagen when I'm, you know, in my protein yeah. shakes, I have collagen. So that way it has, you know, enough, enough building blocks to rebuild. Cause I always assume my body's going to, going to try to do what's best. Mm-hmm. And if it's not able to do what best, it usually means I'm starving in some way. Oh, and interesting. 
because so there's this really interesting story uh well it's horrifying actually but oh, god <laughs> So there was a guy who was who was trapped at sea for five months, and that's the horrifying part is that his body just kind of started like decaying. He would get like just sores and various things. Like, mm-hmm. and every time he caught a fish, his his body his survival instinct would force him to suck out the eyeballs like candy. Like they were the mm-hmm. most delicious things he'd ever had, and that's because the eyeballs had all sorts of nutrients that the rest of the fish didn't. So Hmm. if you just eat like one or two foods, your body is literally starving to death because it is, it doesn't have what it needs. So like a varied diet is important, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you don't eat a varied enough diet, do supplementation because you're a lot of times when people like, are like, I'm always starving and I'm eating potato chips all day. It's because they're literally always starving. Yeah. And your body doesn't have what it needs to sustain you. And yeah, so yeah. it can't. And it's going potato chips. They have 0.1% of magnesium or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're deficient in. So a lot mm-hmm. of people who gain a lot of weight, it's because they literally, they literally are starving and their body's forcing them to eat more. But yeah. The problem usually is that they're eating stuff that barely helps. And if they just take some supplements and eat some vegetables, it'll usually go away in a little while. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, not obviously there's different uh, different uh, conditions that yeah. don't make that easy to do. But a lot of a lot of time, like just an average normal healthy person who was healthy otherwise, they're their brain, the background part of their brain is saying, we need iron, get us iron. And they are just desperately trying to get iron. Or, you know, if you're chewing ice, it's usually because you're deficient in iron. You Mm. know, there's like trace amounts. I don't know why, but for some reason, chewing ice gives you trace amounts of, or. Weird. Yeah. That's so strange. I was just thinking the other day, this is another random memory that just popped up. I was like, my brain remembered this, but I didn't. And I remember this experiment that I did in like elementary school where we put breakfast cereal in a bag and smashed it up and then Uh dragged a magnet across and it collected the iron in the breakfast cereal and dragged it like to the side of the, and it was so interesting because I, it was obviously a tiny, tiny amount because it wasn't like a big bag of like cereal, but it was so interesting to like see that in there because when you're a kid you don't think about that kind of stuff like you think about like oh i'm eating this and it tastes like sugar so i'm gonna keep eating it 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 tastes like kid drugs it tastes like what kid drugs kid drugs see when i was a kid i never had that much of a (laughs) what just happened i just choked on my own words we're okay (laughs) when i was a kid I never had that much of a sweet tooth and I've never really liked chocolate. Um, when I would have snacks, I always wanted like popcorn or beef jerky, or I guess I did really like fruit, but when I had candy, I never, ever wanted chocolate. I would want candy that was sour yeah, or in some way fruity. And I've never known why, because my mother loves chocolate. My sister really loves chocolate, but here I am with no reason not to. And I just, I don't know. I never got into it when I was a child. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely couldn't help. Um, (laughs) 
just like our brains have so many more parts going on than the part we shine a spotlight on, our bodies have millions of different systems. And a lot of times what works for most people doesn't work for us, I think, because there's just, let's say you process, you process a certain chemical slightly worse than other people, or you're, or you process, you know, you, your body removes nutrients from certain foods better than other people. So I actually believe that now I believe that as a general rule, you should actually follow kind of your instincts because you might need, your body might need extra extra of a certain nutrient or it might not process a certain thing well. So going with your cravings actually works works fairly well. But there's always cravings that are better and worse. So you could have yeah. a craving a craving for potato chips that satisfies your need, or you could have a craving for, you know, broccoli that satisfies that same need. So you can always mm-hmm. you can always kind of adapt and and go for something different. But I say if you're if you don't like chocolate, there's almost certainly if we had full knowledge of the human body and like could tell, you know, I think of like if we were an RPG character, the thing is we're just we just have literally millions of different stats, mm-hmm. not just like strength and agility or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> inside of you, there might be a few, you know stats that for some reason make it unlikely for you to want chocolate and i think you should go with that because it probably is working for you see i'm down with chocolate in certain ways like i can have like chocolate cake or i can have like whatever i've never been super big on chocolate ice cream i've never been big on like just a bar of chocolate if it has peanut butter with it i can vibe with that but just chocolate by itself, I don't know. It's never done it for me. And cool. Now I know there's not something wrong with me. <laughs> Most likely there is something wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, though. <laughs> it's well, just not something that's actually that big of a deal. Yeah, it's some tiny thing. Or it could be something that's right with you. You know, there's something that your body, like your body processes chemicals in such a way that you don't need what everyone else needs from chocolate well nice save (laughs) truth truth on both counts (laughs) i'm not a jerk i'm just accurate okay fair enough fair fair (laughs) enough that's that's totally fair um but i want i want to get back to the sensory deprivation uh tank i feel like you had a point uh a point there that you didn't uh we we kind of moved past uh, so you yeah. were saying that sensory deprivation, have, did you and Jamin wind up going? No, we haven't gotten to go yet because it is expensive and it is one of those things um, that like you have to be in a really good headspace. And I definitely feel like I am now when I first had the idea, technically it was his idea, but when he first had the idea um, to go, I was kind of trying to process through some own things on yeah. like in the mind and of a young person and on the budget of a young person that can't afford to go to therapy. And so I was kind of trying to work through some things on my own. And so I didn't want to have those all come up at like the same time. And so I didn't end up going. Um, but 
I've wanted to ever since. And I feel like we're both in a pretty good space now mentally, but financially. Yeah. It is expensive for like an hour and so you got to make the, an appointment. No one does that. So I think the I think the way to go is make an appointment for six months from now and save mm-hmm. up just make a, make an appointment for six months from now and each of you save up 20 bucks per month and then it'll be easy. That's a good idea. Hey, look at that. Look at you having plans <laughs> and stuff like that. Currently, we're saving up for a vacation, the first real vacation longer than like three days that we've ever taken. Yeah, that's so. that's that's kind of how it how it goes. I I just like I I had a vacation. Was like, oh, I I went somewhere and took a week. That's the first that time that's happened in Columbia, like a decade. When you went to Columbia. Yeah, when I went to Columbia. Awesome. Yeah, we are not going that far because we don't have that kind of money. Because you're more adult than we are. <laughs> we are going to California because. Um, He's never been out there before, and that's where I'm from. That's where I grew up, and um, he's met a lot of my family. A lot of them came to the wedding, but not everyone, and there's so much out there that I want to pack into, like, this few days that we're going to be out there while also, like, okay, we need to chill. The boy works every day. Like, we need to have some relaxation time, but also, like, I want to do everything. Because we're going to be, like, just an hour south of L.A. Like, there's everything to do out there. And it's such a far stretch from Springs where, you know, if it's after 11 p.m. on a weekday, you're you're kind of stuck inside. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds like an awesome plan, and I will talk to you more about it privately. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that, that got really weird. So creepy. That was so weird. Like you could not have made that like more uncomfortable than you did. Oh, I'm sure I could have. I could have lisped. Like, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I could always but find as a way someone to make with a lisp, I find that very offensive. That's not funny. No, I don't actually have that much of a lisp. Honestly, I didn't know I had a lisp until oh, someone told me. <laughs> no, I was no, when I was really young, my mom asked me at one point, like, why do you talk with your tongue? And I didn't know what she was talking about. I was like, I'm just talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. And then I started doing speech and debate when I was 12, and everyone started giving me tips on how to correct my lisp. And I was like, I didn't know I had one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't have a problem with it until now. <laughs> As an adult, I don't mind because it's not that big of a deal. Um, and it's not like serious. It doesn't affect like people's ability to hear me or understand me. But it does come across in my singing. And that's where I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> well, it, or you could lean into it. And again, same with the other things. Make it a good version. True. So basically, okay. I, that makes you unique. So lean into it. But lean into it in such a way that it's still clear and it's and it's good. Interesting. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. This has been the Freaking Epic Podcast. We are doing charitable thoughts with charity. And uh, if I if I'd planned more, I would have uh, would have looked up some puns online so I could uh, annoy her until (laughs) until we're just that that's the goal. At the end of every episode, just read puns at her until she hangs up. How about we don't do that? I'm honestly you're the one who suggested that. Okay, no, I suggested (laughs) you doing puns at the beginning because then we can move on.
one. I, I was really surprised that you didn't work in more puns to the regular conversation, but I'm not complaining. Okay, okay. So uh, if you want to, in the comments, just uh, leave some puns for me to oh, work into God. the next conversation. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This is Zach. And Charity. Charity.